Things are starting to get busy as we are less than a week away from the 2014 MLS season and days away from another U.S. men's national team match. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. And Ivis, did you participate in the world record-breaking retweet from the Oscars last night? I did not. I did not. I did not watch the Oscars live. Uh, I really, I'm not that into it. I'm not in... I, I like the Oscars, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I wasn't as I wasn't as in, into it this year just because I didn't see that many movies in 2013. It was kind of sad, uh, other than kids' movies, because obviously <laughs> I have to see every kids' movie with my kids. So uh, it, it's it's kind of sad when it's like the one category I can actually like get get up for is the animated, you know, is the animate animated movie uh, category because I've actually seen most of those. But uh, which one was your favorite? Did, was Frozen your favorite? I don't know. I think Despicable Me too was pretty good. Uh, that comes to mind as a. It was pretty funny, pretty good movie, and they had the great song "Happy," and it has those little little whatever those minions. Uh, minions, minions. minions. I think they're called the minions. minions. The minions are hilarious. Yeah. So uh, actually, the only Oscar movie that I saw or movie that had any that had any nominations was Gravity. I saw Gravity. Awesome. I love loved Gravity, but I tell you what, if anything, the Oscars makes you want to go binge watch all the movies that you missed. Cause I can tell you right now, I want to see obviously 12 years of slave mm-hmm. wolf of wall street. Uh, what, what other movie? Oh, the oh, Dallas Buyers club. So yeah. I'll tell you right now, those three movies are getting watched. And, uh, I might, I tell you what, I might actually download those for the flight out to Seattle. Uh, I think that that might, might be a perfect time to watch those. We also got to see American Hustle. That was a good movie too. That yeah, acting, that's acting was that's good on the that. list. That's yeah. on the list. But Gravity, you know Gravity was money. I also thought I wish Pharrell won because if Pharrell won an Oscar, dude, 2013 would have been like easily the year of Pharrell. You know, with this Daft I mean, Punk think, and Robin Thicke and an Oscar, oh, would have been the year of Pharrell. I think I, I think I think he won enough Grammys. I think he's, <laughs> I think he'll survive without an Oscar. My, my favorite was I was listening to NPR and this guy was just crushing the like just how realistic Gravity was, and I'm like, it's a movie. Take it easy. Ugh. No, well, you know they they had like they created technology to to actually create that weightless environment. It's pretty crazy. It actually, was. It was. Well, guys were like, you know, her hair should have been floating and blah. blah. I was like, okay, I just gotta let some things go sometimes in movies. It's just it's well, a, yeah. You know. I mean, for me, actually, the for me, one of the highlights of the sh- of the show was uh, was Kevin Spacey coming on. Oh, yeah. and, and and when he came on, I said, I said, you know what? He's gonna come out. He's gonna do the southern accent. He's gonna do it. He's gonna do Frank Underwood, and he did it. And uh, I tell you what, it just—it's just funny how many people love House of Cards. It's an—it's a great, great, great show. Like I said on a previous show, the only tough thing about it is uh, season two drops, and then you have to wait like a whole year. So you binge, you watch all the episodes, and then you got to wait a whole year. So that's—it's a good and bad thing about about those shows where you binge watch, where you can just watch all the episodes. Is that before you know it, then you're stuck. Yeah. So. I think it's a good thing though, but uh, but yeah, I mean, well, this... I watched like twenty five shows, so I don't think I'll run out of things. Mm, to watch. See, this problem. We should have previewed the Oscars of the previous show. We got to do that next year, Ivis. We, we'll, we could be movie you know what? critics. We'll, we will preview the. Wait, when are the Emmys? I don't know when those are. I don't know either. All, I'll be down for the Emmys. We'll, we'll figure. Well, we we got time. Do we have time? I don't know. I don't know if we have time. There's, I, Ivis, first off, everything's insanely busy. As I just said, I mean, think about this. The MLS season starts on Saturday. Are you ready? I'm ready. Actually, well, real quickly, everyone listening, Ivis and I are gonna do 
couple shows this week. We'll, we'll do an East preview, we'll do a West preview, then we'll do a season preview. So stay tuned. Ivis and I will be doing shows throughout the week. This show is going to be more U.S. men's national team and Americans abroad focused because the U.S. team is back in action against Ukraine on Wednesday. Ivis playing in Cyprus due to the political turmoil going on in that country. Uh, a couple things, though, changed with the U.S. men's national team. Ivis, three players are out. Michael Bradley, Mixed Discrude, and Tim Ream. And and for those guys, especially Mixed Discrude, excuse me, and Tim Ream, unfortunately, Fortunate that they had to uh, leave camp when they had a good opportunity to, to you know, hopefully show well uh, under Jurgen Klitschko's eye. Well, you know, especially for someone like Reem, who hasn't been in the team, uh, he hasn't been with the team for you know for what's it two and a half years now. So I, I think from that one, from that standpoint, it's it's terrible timing. But for those who aren't who haven't heard, uh, he recently had the birth of his first child. Uh, so he he chose to stay home, stay with his wife, stay with his wife. So you can kind of understand that it's just it's just poor t- it's just sad it's just unfortunate timing because you know you're talking about a guy who's who's played well at Bolton he's done his thing he gets his opportunity uh, but you know now he's gonna have to miss that um, as far as Discarude, uh yeah an unfortunate timing for an injury his club team decided to pull him back from the pull him back from this so he's gonna have to wait till May uh, when they have that pre World Cup camp I am positive that if he's healthy he'll be a, he'll be called into that preliminary mm-hmm. camp. Uh, and have his chance there to kind of show his thing, show his stuff, and he's going to have the next few months on the club side with Rosenborg to to play well as well. So uh, I'd say one thing: if anything, Michael Bradley's absence is going to create an opportunity for other guys yes. there. When you think about Danny Williams, Sasha Kleshin, uh there's a chance both those guys start. Uh, we, maybe we get all three of those guys uh, along with Jermaine Jones in a four three three. So uh, Clint, Jurgen Klinsmann's going to have some interesting uh, lineup decisions to make. Lots of interesting decision lineups to make. We'll talk about it here in a second. Also, uh, over the weekend, Jonathan Spector, everyone's favorite, has been called into camp. Ivis, chances that he sees the field on Wednesday. No, uh, he's not. I, you know what? I, 1%. I don't know if he dresses, to be honest with you. I don't think he's going to dress. I, I mean, I, you know, he, he's made his way back. He got two games under his belt, so he's in, he's in shape. Um, but, you know, even with the, peel, the players who have pulled out, you're still going to have a handful of guys who don't dress for this match. I think Cropper, Cody Cropper will be one. I think Moral, Alfredo Morales could be another. Obviously, Julian Green's one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be tough for Specter to get in there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I know, I know how much you love him, but you know what? <laughs> At least he's gotten his chance to get into camp. Yeah, that's big for him. I mean, especially coming back from injury. I mean, he's played in the past two games, so it's. I mean, look, it's it's good to see these guys coming back because, as we said, obviously, I mean, it just furthers the discussion. I mean, look, realistically, is there a chance that Spectre plays? But no. But you, you never know what could happen to the guys in front of him. You know, Jeff Cameron, Brad Evans. I mean, you you never know. Anything can happen. Also, uh, Julian Green is still in camp, so I think everyone should be excited about that. Also on SoccerByEvans.net, you're doing a right in the caption between. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann, Julian Green, two pictures of them. So everyone should uh, go submit a caption for that as well, too. Yes, folks, that's right. The You Write the Caption contest has made a comeback on SBI. And uh, it, wasn't orig- it wasn't actually part of the plan. But uh, when I started looking at the, the pictures of Jurgen-, Jurgen Klinsmann and Julian Green from training, uh, I found a good one. And it just screamed for a contest to be had. And uh, so we brought it back. And I know people have asked for it uh before they've asked for us to bring back the you write the caption contests um and for those of you not familiar basically it's we find a funny photo we put it on the site and we let the we let sbi readers uh you know come up with their own funny captions for it so uh we'll see what kind of uh we'll see what kind of gems people can come up with for this one sometimes people are pretty creative on that thing so it's always good to go back and check oh no doubt about it and some of them go some of them actually 
uh, live on uh, for years. Uh, funny enough, we did a, we did a we did a caption contest uh, with Taylor a Taylor Tolman photo, and this is this is how far I mean this is how long SBI's been around. Uh, it was from his playing days, and uh, to this day, every once in a while, when we're hanging out on the road somewhere, Taylor, you know, it'll come up. We'll bring it. It'll you know Taylor will bring it up. And then, uh, and then I'll have to pull it up on the on the on the phone or something. Uh, so if you ever want to go in our archives, you can go on the website. Just look, just click on you know look in our in our menus and you'll you'll find that you write the captions of, of years past and uh, you know we'll be bringing it back. And, and, and back to the actual game on Wednesday for for everyone listening, obviously, and I've talked about this. Julian Green has trained with the U.S. Men's National Team, but he will not be traveling to Cyprus, nor will he be even playing in this game because well, obviously he's not traveling so but i just i mean it's obviously uh good to see him staying in camp and and i think so far he's he's, he's looked pretty relaxed but based off kind of what, what you've seen coming out of camp with the u.s team right i mean it's it's tough to say unless you're there but based on comments made by people who are out there uh he, he's impressed he's looked sharp and uh you know he looks like he looks comfortable and and obviously uh, as we we talked about in the last show, you know the U.S. players are going to uh, make them feel welcome. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, it was interesting. I saw a picture of uh, of all the German Americans that are in camp, and it was a pretty big group of guys. So uh, you know they all have that in common when when you think about you know Fabian Johnson, Jermaine Jones, Terrence Boyd, mm-hmm. John Brooks, Alfredo Morales. Uh, you know they're all there, and Julian Green's with them, and and I'm sure they're going to make them feel at home. Oh, with the game on Wednesday, Ivis, uh, let's quickly, well, not quickly, but let's let's go over the lineup that we could see, the starting 11 for the U.S. men's national team. I, I know some people are saying, you know, let's see Josie Altidore and Aaron Johansson up top that require two forwards. And we kind of usually don't see Jurgen do that. Maybe he sometimes does that changes going into the second half. But I think for the most part, Ivis, we'll see Jurgen kind of do his typical 4-3-3 type formation with two holding midfielders. So we start in the back. I mean, obviously, Tim Howard gets a start at goal. I mean, he recorded his 11th clean sheet for Everton this past se- up this past weekend. I mean, he's He's having an excellent season in the Premier League, right? Well, he did rebound. He had a what what some would would consider a bit of a shaking ending to the Chelsea match on the day, late winning goal. He rebounded from that, and you know we we've talked about it a bunch of times with Tim Tim Howard. He'll be the first one to tell you that you know mistakes are part of the position. It's how you rebound from those mistakes, and and, and when you're playing as many games and as many minutes as as he he someone like him plays uh, at a high level. You know you're gonna have those moments, but it's how you respond to those. And mm-hmm. you know he's been on he's been on great form for the most part all year. So I found it interesting that some people wanted to jump on him again. There's just these people who there's they, always gonna be those they, people. They look they look for people to struggle, or they look for their own kind of prejudices about players to kind of be fulfilled. Uh, and it's without it's it's the same people, and it goes for all players. All player I feel like every player has a group of. Uh, I don't of not the the opposite of fans, but they have a group of people who just like to you know just rip them, mm-hmm. rip them as soon as there's a reason to rip them. And uh, but you know Howard has been great, and he he is the number one, and he yep. will be the number. Yes, and in the outside backs in the back line, Jeff Cameron. I mean, he has to be starting at right back, and the player with the most to gain, Ivis Fabian Johnson at, at left back, right? <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting <laughs> that you say that. I mean, he's going to start somewhere because he starts somewhere every game that he plays for the U.S. Every every time he's called in, he's he's a starter. The question is, where does he start? Because there's been some talk now. You know, Edgar Castillo has been. You know, do you bring in Edgar Castillo all the way from Mexico and not start him? Uh, Fabian Johnson was listed as a midfielder on the roster for this this camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you go by that, there's then potentially maybe Klinsman is looking to is thinking about using Fabian Johnson in a midfield role. 
that'd be a little surprising to me just because you don't have a ton of options at at full at the fullback position. Now, if Klinsman is really, really sold on Demarcus Beasley as his left back, then you can kind of understand, okay, he'll get Beasley on the field, but you also get Fabian Johnson on the field to get the two of them on the left wing uh, to give you two quality informed left-footed players. Uh, and if, but see, that's the thing. If that's the case, then why didn't you just call Beasley uh, up for this match instead of Castillo? Uh, the sense I get is that Castillo got the call because, you know, Klinsman and Club Tijuana have a good working relationship and, and Club Tijuana has Greg Garza that they can plug in. Mm-hmm. Uh to to replace uh, Castillo and actually Castillo missed he didn't even dress for the for Club Tijuana's last match so I found that that pretty interesting as well I don't know if that was part of this arrangement but I think I speak for a lot of U.S. fans when I uh, say that Edgar Castillo in the starting lineup is a little nerve wracking it's yeah. a little it makes you wonder you know is it worth the 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 benefit of seeing Fabian Johnson in a midfield role mm-hmm. if we're going to have a liability like Castillo in a starting left back role. Now I understand if maybe Klinsman wants to give Castillo one more chance to show that he's capable of handling the job. And if he is capable of handling the job, then maybe you go down, then going forward, he's more realistic as an option, more realistic as someone who can make the team. And if he is, then all of a sudden maybe you can afford to put Fabian Johnson uh, uh, in a midfield role. I personally don't think so because when you look at this this group of death that the U.S. is in, mm-hmm. and the wingers that are in this group, I just don't I just don't see how you don't put Fabian Johnson in yeah. a fullback position because he's just one of your he's one of your best players. Uh, he's he's easily one of the best wide players uh, in the entire pool, and he'll play I, defense versus Castillo, he, who he, won't play defense. Yeah, he knows how to defend. So I mean, I think for me, I mean, I personally, I think he's the best U.S. right back and the best U.S. left back. Difference is Jeff Cameron's playing well at right back now. Yep. And keep him there. Put uh, put Fabian Johnson left, at left back. So for me, if it, if, it were, if I was if it, I were Clemson for this one, I would put Johnson left back. But it seems like we might see Edward Castillo. Well, if okay, but if he moves Johnson up to the midfield, I mean, would that change the formation maybe to like a four four two then, or do you, do you keep the four three three and keep Johnson out wide? It, it can be a four two three one. I mean, it's all. It, I mean, yeah. you, you can't get too caught up. In the numbers, I, I think people get caught up in that stuff all the time. Is it a four-two-three-one? Is it a four-three-three? You don't have to be a pure forward to play it wide in a four-three-three. We've seen it before. We've seen them put midfielders in those slots. So it depends on what you want to do with it. Do you want? Let's. It's. I don't. Number one, it's not going to be a four-four-two. I just. I just. Just based on Klinsman's track record, you're just not going to see that. Now, if we accept that, then then we have to look at the rest of the construction of the squad. And in the middle, you figure what Clint Dempsey. Jermaine Jones and either Danny Williams or Sasha Kleshton. Mm-hmm. Those are your three in the middle. Now, out wide, whether you have them as a midfielder or you have them as a forward, you're probably going to have Aaron Johansson on the right. Mm-hmm. And I would assume you'd have Alejandro Bedoya on the left. Uh, you know, there's already been, there's talk out of camp that, that he's looking good. Uh, I know he didn't, you know, he didn't have the best showing this this past Friday in his club match, but he's played well. He's had a, you know, he's, he's been a regular uh, player for Nantes gotten a ton of playing time in a really good league. So I think he's someone you want to give that opportunity to play there, give them out, give them that chance to play with the full strength team. Uh, so I think you'll see those guys, and then I'll see you, and I think you're going to see Josie yep. Altador up top. Well, you also miss the center backs. You'll see Onyewu uh, Sr. and Onyewu Jr. at the center back position, a.k.a. Uh, John Brooks. That's not, come on, really? Oh, well, I'm going body size, Ivan. I mean, the big boys in the back. Uh, yeah, well, you're going to, yeah, John Brooks and Oguchi Oguchi 
it's kind of who you're going to have to have, right? I mean, I don't think you're going to see Will Packwood get a start. No. Uh, you know, assuming he even – I mean, well, now he'll have to dress because I think Tim Ream would have been the guy – uh, to dress as as your third as as one of your three center backs. So um, Brooks and Onyewu, they're pretty you know they're pretty similar. I think uh, Brooks is a little more technical. Onyewu was a stronger player, probably better mm-hmm. in the air than Brooks. Um, it'll be an interesting pairing. Uh, I, I don't think under normal circumstances you'll see those two guys play together. But uh, this Ukraine team's got some pretty good forwards, so it'll be a good test for both those guys. And, and Ivis, you just mentioned Bedoya out wide on the, on the left side. I mean, could, any chance we could see possibility of Breck Shea coming in with the last 20 minutes? I mean, it seems Jurgen definitely loves bringing Shea on in the last 20 minutes to go at players and kind of bring his size to the game. No, oh, no, he's going to play. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, when you look at his track record, uh, Klinsman's track record when it comes to Breck Shea, he finds a way to get Shea on the field. I mean, at this point, you could even argue, you know, might he get a start? You know, even though he hasn't been starting the last few games for Barnsley, uh, you know, since his loan move over there, uh, you know, he's the last few games he's been coming off the bench. Um, I, me personally, I think Bedoya is the easy pick over him. If, if, I think there's more of an argument for Juan Agadello uh, playing out wide and having kind of Agadello, the, the Agadello, Josie Altidore, Aaron Johansson, 4 3 3. I don't think we'll see that. I think we'll see Johansson, but I agree. I think we'll see Breche off the bench. If he's going to have a role on this team, if he's going to have a role on the World Cup team, it's going to be as that kind of option, mm-hmm. that impact wing option off the bench. And, uh, you know, bringing him off the bench in the game like this is is, is playing right into that. Does Terrence Boyd come into this game at all? I mean, he keeps getting calls up, but he keeps getting excuse me, called into camp by Jurgen Klinsmann, but he's not getting as much playing time. I mean, we always talk about, you know, he looks like to be one of those guys that's going to Brazil, but, I mean, any chance he gets extended minutes in this game, more than a 10- or 15-minute look? Well, here's the thing with with with, uh, with Terrence Boyd, and, and I'm glad you asked that because I I had some I had some people on Twitter and, and elsewhere ask me why it is that I always when I project the, the top forwards, the U.S. forwards, the World Cup forwards, mm-hmm. I put Terrence Boyd third, even though in terms of playing time, he doesn't really get playing time like some other guys, like in like in Eddie Johnson, for example. The thing with Terrence Boyd is he doesn't have the versatility that some of these other guys have. He essentially is your backup to Josie Altidore. If you want to talk about pure target forward, uh, he's your best. He's, I think he's your best bet as a pure target forward, a hold-up forward. I know Aaron Johansson's playing that role for AZ, but they play a little different system. Uh, he, he isn't quite the same type of hold-up player that Terrence Boyd is. So if you're Terrence Boyd and you're always getting called up with Josie Altidore and Josie Altidore is always starting, you don't get you don't get the opportunities. So... That's where he's stuck, right? He's stuck in that he doesn't get that many minutes. You can't really play to them together as much as I, I think I would just like to see it, just to see, you know, see how they can work together. But I think Klinsman sees them as being very similar. Uh, so he is, for me, Josie Altsudor's backup. Now that I think when you look at the form he's on, I mean, he scored again this weekend. Mm-hmm. He's got 14 goals in all competitions, nine goals in league play, five goals in Europa League, which I think is kind of a little overlooked. Uh, he's he's been He's played well there. Uh, at Rapid Vienna. So on form, I mean, I think you got to bring him, right? I mean, he's a talented young player. Uh, so he, he's he's stuck in a bit in a bit of a situation where Altidore is in front of him. Now, if anything happens to Altidore, then all of a sudden Terrence Boyd, I think for me, is a guy who all of a sudden can get propelled into that starting role. Um, so from that standpoint, he in this game, I, I'd like to see him get some minutes. I think Josie Altidore... You want to give him 65, mm-hmm. 70 minutes and then give Terrence Boyd a solid 20 minutes to show what he can do. Uh, this is a perfect exa- perfect opportunity for him mm-hmm. 
to show that he is absolutely one of the World Cup uh, forwards. Yeah, and I'd like to see him get some more minutes. I mean, the last time I remember him playing was against Germany, where he just ran around like a like a chicken with his head cut off. Right. I mean, yeah, I remember that. I, mean, I think most people. He <laughs> was so, so he's so he just wanted to score so bad. Yeah, I was so excited to play against Germany, and 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 it's frustrating. And and I remember, you know, I remember talking to him uh, on one of these road trips when uh, we were out in, I believe it was Salt Lake City. Uh, ahead of the game, the the World Cup qualifier out there, I remember sitting with him and and him just kind of, you know, being frustrated with the, with the fact that yeah, here we are, you know, we're we're in these extended camps and and and, and I just can't get much playing time. So, but he just has to buy his time. I mean, that's uh, there's no other way to say it. It's just just a tough situation where the guy in front of him mm-hmm. is reg- is is isn't really going anywhere. So. You know, all he can do is keep playing, playing at a high level. And who knows? Maybe Klinsman finds a way to get them on the field together or at least gives that uh, possibility a chance. Because I tell you what, you know, as as much as people might not see it as a a possibility, like Josie Altsudor has played wide before. And I think he's actually shown well wide at at times. At AZ, you've seen Mm -hmm. him kind of deploy out wide a few times back when he was at AZ. He hasn't done it for Sunderland, obviously. At Sunderland, he's a target forward. uh, And that's it. But I, you know what? Maybe if you see uh, Terrence Boyd up top, and then Altidore and Aaron Johansson out wide. I mean, I, I, I'd be interested in seeing that. Actually. Interesting. I, I, I think you know what? I, I, I don't think we will see it. But for me, I wouldn't mind seeing that at least for for a few minutes. Uh, give them an opportunity to work together. Let's see what Altidore can do in space. Uh, it's funny because I still, I'll always remember uh, when he was when he was in MLS and he played in New York. And Bruce Arena, you know, gave moved them out wide. And I think it was in Toronto. I was there was a game up in Toronto. We're going way back now. And he, and he, you know what? He, you can understand why you want to put him in space because he's not just a battering. He's not a big battering no. ram forward. He, he, he does. He likes to play with the ball at his mm-hmm. feet. He likes to take people on. Uh, he likes to interplay. He likes to, you know, combine. And especially after his time at AZ, so I, I think he's a little underrated in that set in that regard. That part of his game has improved, but again, when you're playing him up top, you just put him, using him as a target. He doesn't get to show that completely. I, you know what? Well, he, maybe he, maybe we could see him wide. Josie does do that sometimes, though. I mean, in some games when he looks really good, Ivis, he knows how to stretch the field. He gets to the right side. He gets to the left side. He drops down. He drops diagonal. And Josie, I mean, he plays best when he's moving around. And, and you said that best. He needs to be moving around. He's not just the guy that's going to sit up top and be your center forward and be lazy. Josie, when he well, moves, is a very good player. No, it's not just when he moves. It's it's when he moves and his teammates move and the ball moves because I think he gets caught in situations where he does make these runs. He does see, you know, make he does the, the problem with Josie sometimes. He if he does if he does move, but then his teammates aren't working with him, mm-hmm. then he can get disheart. He can you know he can get distracted. He can yeah. get disheartened. He kind of loses the mojo a bit. So from that standpoint, he's very much a momentum player. He's very much a confidence player. If he's feeling it with his teammates, if they're combining well, if they're passing mm-hmm. well, uh, then he then he is really tough to deal with. So uh, so from that standpoint, I, I'm really interested to see what which which guys Klinsman pairs him with. Uh, yeah. So message to the other ten guys: get Josie involved early. <laughs> uh, Ivis, the game though on Wednesday, Ukraine. The highest-ranked FIFA team in the rankings, take it for what it is, not to make the World Cup. So this isn't going to be a cakewalk against a European team. Prediction time, though. I say 2-2 two to two draw. What do you think? Uh, it's tough to say, man. I mean, just when you think about the way they're piecing this this, this lineup together, 
well, <laughs> I think it for me it depends on if Edgar Castillo's in the lineup. If Edgar Castillo's in the lineup, really? I'm probably going Ukraine Ukraine victory. <laughs> I mean, it, honestly, it's that much of a just a, that much of a difference. I mean, he's just a liability. There's no other way to say it. You know, he's a he's a bit of a liability. So, um, I mean, when you look at the Ukraine lineup, I mean, the Ukraine squad that they're bringing in, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a lot. You know, a lot of obviously Ukrainian league. Base players. Yep. They've got guys over from uh, you know from the Russian league as well. Um, it's a tough one. I'm gonna. You know what? Yeah, yeah. It's two two is a good one. Two two is a good prediction. I, I'll say I'll agree with you. I'll say two two. I'll. Uh, I think there's gonna be some goals in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the two goals will be scored by oh, Josie Altidore and Aaron Johansson. Okay. Josie Altidore is gonna is gonna score and 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 help ease some of the. Frustrations of his Sunderland time. I'll say that uh, Jermaine Jones records a brace. <laughs> a brace of what? Yellow cards? Boom! Yeah, I'm joking, folks. I'm just Fine. Then Tim Howard scores. He gets an epic win pushed behind him. He gets one of the goals. Then. Come on, it's Cyprus. It's an island. There's not that much wind. It could happen, Ivis. It could happen. They're in trouble if there's that much wind in Cyprus. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully the U.S. men's national team shows well. I mean, this would be be a good way. I mean, you know, against South Korea was South Korea, but I mean, lot, lot, this roster features obviously, obviously, a lot more guys who are going to Brazil. Good start here. Carries momentum on to that next game in Arizona against Mexico. Uh, Ivis, time to talk about the Americans abroad. Before we do that, we're going to take a little break and hear a word from our sponsor. Do you know me? I'm the guy next door. Wife, child, mortgage. I'm just another face in the crowd. I'm just like you. I'm John Doe. John Doe's killing career criminals. Hero or villain. The punishment no longer fits the crime. Justice or vengeance. You decide. I'm not John Doe. You are. John Doe. Rated R. Starts Friday, March 21st. Well, Ivis, on the Americans abroad front, this past weekend, Clint Dempsey ended his loan with Fulham. Kind of an interesting thing here. Did not score, really didn't show well, but I guess in hindsight, Ivis, you could be happy that he might be fit for the season and didn't pick up an injury. What do you make of his loan to Fulham? I think there's arguments on both sides here. Well, I think the you know the most obvious answer I think you'll hear from a lot of people is that it was a failure it was really a waste of time. Why did he go? He could have stayed with Seattle. He could have been Brazil with the U.S. team. Uh, I definitely understand those points of view. But having said that, uh, I actually wrote uh, a column for Gold.com on the very subject and broke it down in the in the sense that it depends on uh, on your on where you're where you're looking at it from. If you're a Fulham fan, or if you're if if you are Fulham, the loan was a, was a disappointment. It really didn't get you anything. That he they didn't win a single match that he played in. He didn't score a single goal. So from that standpoint, it was a complete waste of time. Uh, but if you're Dempsey and if you're Seattle and if you're the U.S. national team, I think the jury's still out on it because, you know, he went there. One of the big reasons for him to go there was was to get in shape for the upcoming season. And something that I pointed out in the column is the fact that it, it's easy for people not to realize this, but not since 2012 has, has Clint Dempsey joined a team, uh, has, you know, had gone into a season – with a team uh, on the same le- level of fitness as the team that he's joining, if you remember when he moved when he moved to Tottenham, mm-hmm. he moved on deadline day. Yep, August August thirty first, September first. The season had already begun. Uh, they were a couple weeks into the season. He was at Fulham. Martin Yole had him banished. He didn't. He couldn't train with the team. Had to train with the youth he, players. Right. He wasn't fit. 
So he had to play catch up when he got to Tottenham, and it really affected him in the first half of that season. He got better as the second as the season wore on. In the second half of the season, I think he really started to show the qualities that you expected of him. You know, the qualities that you're used to seeing, uh, the quality you're used to seeing from him. So you know, when you look at that, but then you also look at his move to Seattle. He goes, he moves to Seattle. Uh, in, in so he's in preseason. He's trying to get fit. He's trying to get match fit, and he's joining a team in the middle of their season mm-hmm. once again. And, and he had to play. He was trying to play catch up, and it and it was really tough for him to play catch up. He ends up getting injured. He's playing injured and not completely fit. And the sec and and his one half season in Seattle in 2013 was largely disappointing because of that. So when you take when you take those two things into account, you realize okay maybe that's a big part of why we haven't seen uh, Clint Dempsey at his best since the first half of 2012. So now he goes into this Fulham loan. He's going into the English Premier League, toughest league in the, you know one of the toughest leagues in the world, and he's in preseason form, right? He's coming off of a, mo- a month away, you know, from the game. He he had to recover from injuries after the MLS season. He dives right in uh, with Fulham, and uh, you know the fact that he even started as many games as as he did. I mean, he played in seven. He started five Premier League games. Uh, as much as you know, it's funny because you'd notice when he didn't get to play. Yep. Mean, there were a few games like the Man United game where he didn't. He didn't get to play, but he actually played a, a fair amount of minutes. So from that standpoint, if the goal was to get him match fit heading into the MLS season, it has accomplished that. He will not be playing from behind as he did at Tottenham, as he did when he first joined Seattle, and as he did when he joined Fulham for, the, for his loan with them. Mm-hmm. So that, from that standpoint, now we're really going to see. I think we're going to, you know, if is that really what it, what it's been what's been holding him back. And I'll tell you what, in the the the, the Chelsea game as much as they lost 3-1, he had that great chance early in the game where he had a header and he could have headed it on goal, he headed it wide, but he had some good flashes in that game. He showed some good qualities in that game. And I think it says something that Felix Magat, the new Fulham manager, who is probably one of the biggest like just hardest coaches in the game, just to, just a taskmaster uh, he expects, you know, the best from everybody on the team. He's just, you know, he grinds people down. He saw enough in Dempsey to give him a start and against against an opponent like Chelsea and and a guy who was about to leave the team. So I think that for me and, and they're in a relegation fight. So I think for me, for, for me, that said a lot. It said a lot about where Dempsey is right now. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing for not only the Seattle Sounders, but it's a good thing for the U.S. national team because if Dempsey can hit the ground running in, into this MLS season, uh, he's going to have two months to get his mojo back, to really click and really find the goals and find the assists. And I think he's going to do that. I think he's going to have an outstanding season for them. And I think once we've seen what he does with Seattle and what he does in Brazil, that is when we're going to be able to judge him on this loan. Not right now, because right now, if you just look at at, at it right now, you're gonna. Of course, it's a it's a, it was a disaster. Yeah. If you're a Fulham fan or if you're a Fulham, you got nothing from the guy in in, in terms of you didn't win a single game you played in. Mm. You didn't score a single goal. So yeah, on that. Well, for them, course, yeah. Well, it yeah, depends on perspective you look at. I mean, look, exactly. if, Dem- if Dempsey so, scored goals and, and notched like five assists, then I mean, you know, Seattle have been like, oh, this is this is even better than what we expected. I mean, you know, you're right. He had to play. I mean, he did play five games. I've played 355 minutes, but I th- I think we're gonna tell what he looks like on Wednesday against Ukraine and with the season starting on Saturday. I mean, we'll see. The jury is still out on this. Right. I just for me, my thing is this. I I just think people have written, been way too quick to write him off. 
And, uh, you know, it, it's it's like how easily do we forget the level that he was playing at just two years ago? Oh, yeah. And I know people get old and people lose it, but he's not that old, folks. So, you know, for him to, to, to think that a player like him all of a sudden just can't play anymore or doesn't know how to play anymore, I think you really have to look at all the factors. And I think those factors, the ones that I pointed out about when he was joining these teams – I think those are those are those are factors. Those are not, you know, as some people say, oh, you're making excuses for the guy. No, man, you have to look at the reality of the situation. It is not easy for a player to join a new club and a top club like Tottenham when you're behind on fitness, when you're you they're into the season already and you're just joining them after, you know, pretty much wasting away with Fulham's youth teams or whatever they had him doing at Fulham. Mm-hmm. And the same thing in Seattle. When he joined Seattle and, uh, you know, they're battling in the middle of their – in the heart of their season, and here he is trying to get fit. It wasn't an ideal situation. from So from that standpoint, the minutes that he got at Fulham, uh, the amount of playing time – I mean, he played against the likes of Chelsea. He played it against the likes of Arsenal. That that chance to get fit, to really get fit and really get sharp, I think is going gonna, is gonna to pay big dividends for him, for Seattle and for the national team. I, well, you know, hopefully it does. I, I, like I said, man, I, I'm still holding my breath on, on this one, Ivis. Uh, this past weekend, we mentioned it. Terrence Boyd scored. Uh, it's his ninth in the league, 14th across all competitions. You know, Ivis, Terrence Boyd keeps doing this, you know, and let's say he shows well at the World Cup. I mean, could he possibly move on to a bigger club? I think he's going to move. I think no I think matter what, or, or depending on no, the World I, Cup. I think he's no. I think he'll move. I think because I mean it's not a guarantee he'll get much playing time in the World Cup, but I think now when you get when you put two seasons together, uh, where you've been scoring goals, your first two seasons as a regular player in a first division league, I think he's done enough. You know, I think it's time for him to make that next step up, whether it's the Netherlands or go back to Germany. I, I think I think it's I think that's going to be the next move for him. I think he's going to. He he's ready. I think he's shown. I mean, he he you know he's he's doing well in that league. So I, I think it's time for him to move on. And the World Cup obviously is a great opportunity if if he can get playing time. It's not not a given that he'll get playing time. But I think Terrence Boyd, come the fall, I think he'll be with a new team. Uh, also, Demarcus Beasley scored this past weekend, coming off the bench and scoring the game winner. Uh, so uh, you know it's good to see Demarcus Beasley continue to have a uh, good performance as Ivis, so he can solidify that spot to Brazil. Right, he, you know, it's funny thing about him is it's you know he plays, he, he you know they they put him up out wide, they play him in, in the back as well. So you know he he's having an opportunity to play at a variety of spots. Um, and I, you know what, I I would wouldn't mind seeing the Beasley Fabian Johnson uh, left wing tandem, uh, you know, at some point. But the whole Edgar Castillo experiment, uh, I have a feeling this Ukraine match is going to probably be the if assuming he does play, this is, could be the last time we see Castillo. I would prefer. Yeah, I agree. I prefer to see Fabian Johnson and Marcus Beasley on the left, and Jeff Cameron, Brad Evans on the right. I think with those four, maybe or if even if you take four, but if you do, I'd be okay with that. Also, I wish Jermaine Jones returned to action. Uh, played 58 minutes for Besiktas. Uh, good to see Jermaine Jones back on the field because uh, you know he has to start on Wednesday for this U.S. team. Well, he doesn't have to, but we'll probably start. Right. Uh, it was interesting that the timing of that. You know, he he Klinsman uh, needed him to start. Needed Clint Dempsey to start. And mm-hmm. Magically, they, <laughs> magically these guys. It's like he has a bat. He has like a bat phone where he just calls. He calls the managers and and hey, you know what? When it comes when 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 you're talking Fulham. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Klinsman ha- knows Felix, my guy, and I'm sure he was able to say, "Hey, listen, Clint's my guy. He's my captain. Uh, you know, you should try to play him. I know you're in a relegation fight, but let's face it, it's not like he's a bad player. Do me a favor, get him in there." Okay, that probably didn't happen, but 
it is interesting timing. <laughs> Jermaine Jones, you want to, he needs to he needs to play. He hasn't been playing. It's funny that Danny Williams has been playing more regularly than yep. Jermaine Jones has. So from that standpoint, you know, do you start Jermaine Jones? I think he'll start, but for me, I want to see Danny Williams play. I want to see him. Uh, you know, I've seen Jermaine Jones. I I know what Jermaine Jones can do. I want to see Danny Williams play. I want to see Sasha Kleshton play. Uh, so you know what? We'll, we'll see. We'll see what Klinsman does in that regard. Uh, obviously, without Michael Bradley there, I think he's going to want to have Jermaine Jones have his veteran leadership in there. Um, but he's got. You know what? Klinsman's got some interesting decisions to make, as I, as we've said fifty times. I know. Uh, with this lineup, I keep thinking every time we mention a new player, I keep thinking, "Oh, he could do this. He could change this. He could change this." I, I think. I don't know, Ivis. We could be up for a surprise on Wednesday with with some of these guys. And uh, we're going to talk Major League Soccer on the other side of this break from our sponsor right now. Do you know me? I'm the guy next door. Wife, child, mortgage. I'm just another face in the crowd. I'm just like you. I'm John Doe. John Doe's killing career criminals. Hero or villain. The punishment no longer fits the crime. Justice or vengeance. You decide. I'm not John Doe. You are. John Doe. Rated R. Starts Friday, March 21st. And Ivis, this past weekend was the final weekend of the 2014 MLS preseason. Lots of teams won tournaments. DC United, Columbus, San Jose, and Chicago won the preseason tournament. So I think we can all pencil them in for the playoffs, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. They're all, <laughs> that's your final four. The MLS Who wins it? Columbus wins it out of those four? Probably. <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. No, we're not. Uh, we're being serious. Yeah, you you can be serious, but as I pointed out on Twitter over the weekend. Oh, uh, dude, you suck, by the way. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> what did I do? This freaking guy. So I'm, I'm chilling, right, on Saturday night, and I my phone blows up with, with Twitter things or whatever. And, and Ivis writes this thing being like, I have confirmed that the person screaming, we will rock you, is indeed not not me on Twitter. And like everyone favored it. I mean, Indy 11 favored it. I couldn't figure out why they did. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> All right, basically to give you some background, uh, I, I was watching a live stream of the Chicago Fire uh, Chivas Riata's uh, preseason match. It was, the two, yeah. it, was a de- it was a Desert Diamond. Was that the Desert Diamond? Desert Diamond Cup. Desert Diamond Cup. They were streaming the match. Don't don't ask me why I was watching it, but I was watching it, and they had and there was some. So th- there was there were fans there, you know, trying to chant and all this and that. And there was like one kid, one like ten year old or eleven year old boy, <laughs> screaming his head off, uh, singing, uh, uh, chanting, <laughs> "We will rock you!" And it was the most annoying thing you'd ever heard in your life. So you know, I'm watching it, I'm listening, and I'm like, and, I, and you know, so I thought. You know what? Is that Garrett? But then I thought, okay, Garrett can't reach that high a pitch of a so I so I just you know I had fun with it. I put it on Twitter, and then uh, and then I started to wonder if I was wrong because it might have been Garrett. Well, you know, I I did. I, I'm going to embarrass myself even further here on this show. I did sing in varsity choir in high school, so I I, I probably at one time in my life probably could have gotten that high. Well. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you could sing, but then that would it would also have required you to go to Tucson, which we both know you hate. Apparently, that's not true. I don't hate Tucson. Actually, oh, <laughs> now you're okay. See, I'm sorry, folks. I might have, you know, that that I, I don't want to ruin at a <laughs> I don't want to ruin Garrett's reputation in Arizona. Actually, actually, I would prefer, you know, like because Tucson was purchased in the Gad, Gadsden purchase. I mean, if we wanted to just give that back, that part back to Mexico, I'd be very okay with that. 
Oh, but you don't hate Tucson. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, take that. Okay, I'm, I, okay. I'm, I'm. Everybody knows. I'm required to hate Tucson. If you're from Phoenix, you hate Tucson. If you're Tucson, you're from Phoenix because these are where the two big schools are. You know, I went to Arizona State. You know, in U of A's in Tucson. I mean, U of A stinks. Ah, okay. Now it all comes out. Yeah, it all makes sense. But yeah. no, that the the kids screaming, "We will rock you!" Apparently, was not Gary. I think it's kind of funny. Anyway, <laughs> what were we even talking? about? I don't know. We're talking like about we're talking random. about teams that won the preseason tournament. Oh, right, look, right. look, well, we, we shouldn't I, look into it too much. Right. As I pointed out on Twitter, uh, the teams that won that won tournaments last year were uh, were Seattle, on, which they clearly underachieved. Um, who are the other teams that? Oh, Montreal, a, a, a team who a they had a really mm. good first half of the season, and then completely collapsed, fell apart, backed into the playoffs, flamed out in the wild card round of the playoffs, and, and then they were out. And then the third team, who was the third team? Oh, Chicago Fire, uh, were the third team, uh, that won a title last year, and you know they missed the playoffs. They had a pretty, you know, and 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 who knows how bad they would have been if they didn't get Mike McGee handed to them on a silver platter. So, so you know what? It's just take it with a grain of salt. Uh, you do, you know, you want to see how certain newcomers look. I mean, that's something that you can take from it. But in terms of results, you can't put too much into it because teams are experimenting. Teams that have established squads are, are are really trying to look at their benches. I think teams that have teams that have been uh, overhauled probably are more likely to play their first choice squads uh, a little more because they're, they're getting used to each other. You know, I mean, if you're sporting Kansas city, your guys know how to play together. They, you don't need to play them a ton. Uh, they got blown out by Columbus in the last match of the season. And you know what? It does it just doesn't mean anything. So, you know, that doesn't mean the fans of the teams that won preseason tournaments shouldn't be uh, excited or happy. Just take it down a notch. You know, you know, it, it's just preseason folks. I agree. Uh, also, I mean, the Columbus crew also showed well in last year's uh, that Disney Walt, Walt Disney Cup too. And I mean, look, Chiva, look how you know who you know who had year. a good preseason last year, Chivas USA, and we know how that went. Yeah, well, Chivas, I mean, Chivas USA looked too bad this year. I was finished second. You know, they, so, they some room actually, for optimism right there. They, I tell you what, they actually didn't look too bad. I mean, I, funny, enough, I feel like all their games were streamed, the preseason games. I I I've caught, I found myself watching more of those games than I than I would have expected. They've got some nice pieces to that puzzle. They, you know, they they added uh, Mauro Rosales, uh, Bofo Bautista, he's and now looked, Luke. he's looked good. Bofo yeah. Bautista. Yeah, I mean, you know, he looks like he's ready. Like he he wants to play. Like mm-hmm. he's hungry to prove himself. And then you have Luke Moore, who who joined them now last weekend. They've got some pieces, but you know what? They're still probably the worst. The you know, going into the season, if you're going to ask yourself who's the worst team in the league, they're going to get the votes as the worst team in the league. Actually, uh, I dropped the uh, for Gold.com. I dropped uh, my preseason. Uh, power rankings and and SBI will be having its preseason power rankings as well uh, during the week, which will be voted on by SBI staff. And uh, it, I tell you what, this is probably without a doubt. Actually, you know what? Without a doubt, mm-hmm. this has been the toughest year to do rankings, to do preseason power rankings, because there is just, I mean, okay, Chiefs USA, you can pencil them in as nineteen. They've got a lot of issues. They, I, I I just don't see how they don't finish last. Um, but then when you go from like team nine or 10, all the way to team 18, you've got like eight teams at any, they could finish in any order. Uh, you know, obviously, Hey, that's, you know, single entity, you got the salary cap, you got the parity. So from that standpoint, yeah, you know, you can end up having this kind of situation, but 
I think it's it's the fact that you've had so many teams that did make the playoffs that did not make the playoffs boost their rosters, revamp their rosters. Toronto FC, Philadelphia, DC United, FC Dallas. I mean, all these teams. You know, Vancouver has stepped it up now in this past week with some big additions. So, you know, teams are really pushing it. Teams really are really trying to turn things around. And I think for that reason, you're going to see some teams that were playoff teams last year fall off because you know what they didn't keep up it's i know i was thinking about that today because you know we're doing our preview later this week and i was trying to think like man like who is going to be the top team in the league this year it's gonna be tough but that's a good thing for the league man i mean you want to see you want to see the competition from top to bottom i mean you're not always gonna have every team compete but i mean look at last year that was the tightest playoff race we've ever seen i mean it, it was awesome i mean hopefully it happens again this year Right. I mean, I think it's great. I mean, it, and, and, and the best thing, not only it, not only do you have that kind of parity at the bottom where, like I said, like teams 10 through 18, it could go in any order. But then at the top as well, you've got, I mean, I think for my money, there are about six teams that I would consider to be legitimate championship contenders. And there is no team right now that you can say, okay, they are absolutely the pick. I know you can say Sporting Kansas City, but you know what? They lost Jimmy Nielsen. Uh some other teams really did did well to revamp their rosters that were in that conversation. Portland Timbers, LA Galaxy. Uh, so you know what? It's it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a great race on for the title and a great race to get in the playoffs. I'm trying to think. Yeah. And that, wait. That, so so that list. Sporting Kansas City for sure is in that list. LA Galaxy. Are we, get, are we giving this away now? Are we? I don't know. I'm curious. Now. I'm trying. To, I'm I'm dude, I'm already getting ready for our preview show later this week. Just, all right. Right. I'll, I'll give you my in my opinion. The teams that I think are true championship contenders, I would go Portland, mm-hmm. Sporting Kansas City, L.A., Real Salt Lake, Seattle, and I have to go to Red Bull New York, even though I think they're a prime <sighs> a candidate. pick. They, no, no, they're the last <laughs> pick. They're the last, I, as I was about to say, they're on there because they still have Terry Henry and Tim Cahill, two of the best players in the league. Uh Ahamson Olave, Luis Robles, Dax McCarty, they've got the players uh, in their, well, at least the starters. The question for me is their depth. I don't think they did enough to boost their, their bench. They're, they're a prime candidate to fall off uh, because they, they rely on, on hey, some t- Terry Henry, quality player, but he he's older. He's a little more injury prone. You know, if he gets hurt, they're stuck because they just don't have anyone close to him, anyone close to being able to replace what he gives them. Same with Tim Cahill. So I think for me, that six can get mm-hmm. it done, but I think the Red Bulls, they're going to have to do some shopping in the summer. And it's not like the other teams are far behind them. I mean, you could say Toronto's close to being up there, Philadelphia's no, close no, to being up there. Uh, no? no? Or are no, they on the next tier? There's a, I think there's a gap. There's a gap. That's what I said. There's a gap. There's that tier, the championship tier, and then you got a next tier with you have like New England. I think New England's probably New England, mm-hmm. uh, Houston, Toronto. I think Toronto has kind of built a team now that they're in that second tier as well. Uh, so it's going to be fun to see how it plays out, how yeah. it shakes out. It is. I, man, I, I guess the only two teams I think for sure are Sporting Kansas City and L.A. After that, maybe Portland too. I don't know. You know what? We'll, we'll have time to preview all this stuff. Um, well, Avis, that wraps up uh, today's U.S. Men's National Team-centric show. I think we covered everything from over the past weekend. Um, so, you know, no, no more National Team stuff we need to talk about on today's show, do we? No, I think we touched on it all. And, uh, you know, just to catch everybody up, we will have multiple shows this week. We're gonna we're gonna have a show previewing the Eastern Conference. We're gonna preview the Western Conference, and uh, we'll have a show after the U.S. Uh, Ukraine match, uh, probably for Thursday, which will serve as a 
uh, a rewind on the on the Ukraine US match, but also a preview for week one. And that will also probably be the episode where we drop our MLS uh, predictions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for all the awards and stuff, since uh, we, we want to get Garrett on record uh, for his predictions. Uh, all my predictions will be favored in Real Salt Lake's favor. <laughs> they'll be they'll be not favors that's horrible that's horrible english right there but i think everyone knows what i'm talking about arizona state there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's what my fine education at that great university taught me in four years <laughs> that and how to play beer pong what are you talking about ivis i, I never did stuff like that oh okay. okay i was studying all the time all right not really i was more planning on what my wednesday thursday friday saturday night schedule was going to be that that there was my biggest go. concern there you go. Yeah, Good well, old days. Yeah, that's what dude. College just teaches you how to procrastinate. That's all it does, and it teaches you if you. It, all it is is can you get your stuff done on time? And if you get your stuff done on time, you you graduate. You're such a good role model. I hope there are no children listening to this show, please. And if there are, uh, I apologize. I'm a great role model. Hey, I graduated <laughs> in four years. I, I I I got in and I got out, Ivis. I, I I did I did my business and and you know, didn't do any of that super senior stuff. Well, it's ASU. How tough can it be? <laughs> it's really not that tough. I, I, <laughs> one day I'll have to tell you the story actually of how I got into that school. <laughs> oh, that's just, that's just a good one. We'll have to get we'll have to get to that one pretty soon. <sighs> Should I say it now? No, it's not that good. I'll, I'll no, save it for another show. We got enough shows. Let's wrap it. Yeah, up. let's save it. All right. Well, Ivis, man, you, you have a good rest of the day, man, and I'll, I'll talk to you later this week. As as Ivis said, pay attention to the SBS show this week. We'll have an East Conference preview, a West Conference preview. We'll recap the U.S. men's game against Ukraine, and we'll do an overall MLS season preview. Ivis, have a good rest of the day, man. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, man. As always, everyone, thank you for listening. This is the SBS Show.